Some people spell it with a T Anyway, you spell it is fine with me Polish, Ukrainian man and I My Jewish friends, they do it right I love Borg Someone's Bob or Will Golden Boys from Winnipeg with a song about that quintessential Ukrainian dish, borscht, and uh, lots of memories of the Canadian prairies. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. On this week's program, an interview with a Ukrainian refugee who shared part of her story with us a couple of weeks ago and we'll be sharing the rest of it or more of it at least, uh, in today's program. From the Nasholos Audio Archives, a recipe for borscht, and some news about a recent historical development involving this famous national dish of Ukraine. As well, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, Rushnichok with Komarik, the story of the mosquito and the fly. And of course, mosquitoes are known to be ubiquitous at this time of year on the Canadian prairies, but uh, with all the rain out here on the West Coast, uh, they're pretty plentiful here too. Rushnichuk with Komarik.
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Weekend passes for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival are available for only $150. Kids 12 and under get in free. Don't miss the very best in Ukrainian culture, food, music, and dancing over three incredible days, July 29th to 31st, at the festival site near Dauphin, Manitoba. Your one-pay gate gives you access to all the on-site attractions on four feature stages, including the amazing grandstand variety shows and evening dance parties. Order your weekend passes and camping passes by phone at 204-622-4600 or online at cnuf.ca. Up next, from the Nasholos Audio Archives, Ukrainian Food Flare. Hello. I've recently discovered jellied beet borscht. It makes a beautiful appetizer or a light lunch on a summer day. And it only takes about 15 minutes to make. Get your pens ready. You'll need the following ingredients. Four cups of purchased or homemade borscht with shredded beets. That will be about 32 to 33 ounces if purchased. A quarter cup fresh lemon juice, quarter teaspoon salt, five teaspoons unflavored gelatin. Sift the borscht into a large saucepan and keep the beets for another use. Stir in lemon juice, salt, and sprinkle with gelatin. Let stand for a minute so the gelatin will soften. Bring to a boil, stirring, and pour into a 9-inch glass container. Cover with plastic wrap and chill until set, about 4 to 4.5 hours. Dice and serve in bowls with very finely diced radish and cucumber, some chopped fresh dill, and a dollop of sour cream. That's it. Cool and refreshing. Try it. It's Ukrainian. This has been Ukrainian Food Flare from the Nasholos Audio Archives. So on July 1st, the culture of Ukrainian borscht cooking was inscribed on UNESCO's list of intangible cultural heritage in need of urgent safeguarding. So although the inscription recognizes the social and cultural importance of borscht cooking among Ukrainians, this inscription does not imply exclusivity nor ownership of the heritage concerned. Nonetheless, it is a small but decisive victory for Ukraine against Russia, which has a long history of cultural appropriation of all things Ukrainian. Incidentally, borscht cooking joins four existing elements from Ukraine on the elements on UNESCO intangible cultural heritage lists. 
And a link to this information and the featured recipe will be in the podcast show notes. Recently, we spoke with Dr. Michael Waxman, co-founder of an organization called Tutoring Without Borders. This is a group of university professors and teachers who are helping students and pupils from and in war-torn Ukraine to continue their studies. We also spoke with Yulia Stelmach, who told us the story of how Tutoring Without Borders has helped her teenage son. Yulia briefly described their harrowing escape from her home in Ukraine, which had come under deadly attack, to the United States. Before the war, Yulia had a brilliant career as the chief lawyer for the National Bank of Ukraine. She kindly agreed to come back on the show to share her own story of how this war has affected her life as well. So thank you so much, Yulia, for coming back and and, um, and offering to, to share your, your stories. It must be painful to to recall. Uh, yeah, thank you very much, Paulina. Thank you for the invitation. I would like uh, to share my story with you. Now, um, uh, how did you, you find Dr. Waxman in Tutoring Without Borders? It was uh, when we were in Poland. So after uh, Ukraine, we came to Poland and uh, we were very frustrated with my son. But my friend, uh, she sent me uh, just a print screen. It's like a photo uh, from the screen uh, of Professor Waxman. Oh. Uh, he commented some posts and uh, he, he told that, oh, I, I can teach. I can teach uh, math. I can help. And um, I sent uh, a message for him to him and uh, he offered to me and we met each other in Zoom uh, when we came in the U.S. already. Okay. So you had um, a, a shock when, when the war started. You left right after the first bombing, and Kiev was hit. You were living in Kiev, is that correct? And it was hit the first, that was the first yes, day. Yes, um, Yeah, it was really awful because the life of all Ukrainian person, all Ukrainian citizens, it's like uh, cut until uh, 21st of uh, February and after. So, uh our life was uh, pretty good, uh, so I worked uh, for the Central Bank of Ukraine for five years, and after that I worked for the EBRG, uh, and we had uh, a lot of plans. I just bought uh, an apartment last year in, in Kiev, and um, my, my son was preparing to go to the university, but uh, 24th of February uh, we woke up from the explosion. Oh. Uh, here we lived uh, near the uh, Borispol airport. It's uh, very close, like 15 kilometers. Okay. And it's very, very, yes, it's very close. So it's 5 p.m. I woke up and I understood that war uh, started. And I can say that we didn't believe, Paulina. We didn't believe that it could happen. Mm. Because, yeah, it was a lot of conversation, discussions, uh, and public uh, news, yes, but we didn't believe. We didn't believe that uh, Russians can shoot us, can kill us. It, it really, it's, I, I, still, I, I still couldn't believe in it, but it, it's our reality. So when we woke up, uh, I understood that we had to go out of Kiev, and I woke up my son, I told him, Sasha, wake up because war is started, and we need uh, to run. 
And um, we, we we came just 75 kilometers from the city in the village when my parents have a like, country house, Dacha. It's like Dacha. Mm-hmm. And um, we saw that maybe it will be just a couple of days and we could uh, spend time uh, there. And um, my brother told me, uh, so no, there are no military stations around us, no military base. We are safe. But um, after a couple of days, uh, we understood that uh, we were trapped. We trapped uh, because it's, it's a village uh, and uh, very far from Kiev, but very close to Chernigiv and Belarusia. And uh, after a couple of days, uh, Russian troops uh, started to move uh, and uh, to move uh, in Ukraine, and we understood that we trapped. So we um, this village uh, didn't have any hospitals, any firefighters any uh, shops or uh, supermarket uh, and uh, bathroom uh, was outside. So it's like a summer house. Uh, yeah. So like a cottage at the, at the in the woods or... Yeah, yeah, like summer house. So just when you you have summer and hot uh, outside. And um, also we didn't bring a lot of food with us because we thought that it will be couple days. Yeah. And then when we said uh, third, fourth, fifth day, and I understood that we don't have enough of food and we started uh, starving. Yes, starving. And it was very hard because we also heard uh, a lot of explosions around us and I understood that I can stay there and I begged my family run without us uh, because my, my uh, brother uh, had a car but uh, they they couldn't. They decided no. We 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 don't want uh, to move. We don't want to leave our house. And um, I decided to, to bring my son and to uh, to go to Poland. So so and, uh, so Yulia, is it just just you and you and your son? You're a single mom. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'm a single mom. So we decided to run uh, with uh, my my uh, my son. Mm. And uh, I I have to say that uh, the next day. So my brother brought me to Kiev and uh, we took a train, but and they uh, returned to um, come back to to this country house, this dacha. Mm-hmm. And the next day, Russian troops came to the village. Oh. It was big fight. Yeah, it was big fight. A lot of uh, men uh, in this village were killed, mm. and uh, a lot of it was bombing. Because our uh, Ukrainian troops uh, started to fight uh, Russian troops, and uh, the Russians uh, they destroyed all houses because a lot of houses uh, were closed during the winter, really? and they uh, destroyed uh, oh. yes they destroyed all houses. And uh, when if they couldn't do it, they just like <laughs> I don't know how it say when uh, fire strikes. They burn so so if they couldn't if, if they couldn't bomb it they set it on fire is that what you're saying? Yes, yes, oh. yes. Wow. So and uh, my parents were very shocked and brother and uh, I remember when I asked my mom uh, what we uh, will do if uh, Russian troops came here and maybe we can spend time in our basement but it's basement it's very Close. It's very small. Cold. Just for vegetables. Yeah. And I remember that my mom laughed 
she laughed that oh no it's not impossible but from this day they started to spend almost whole day in this basement uh, without uh, any electricity and without food and um, really awful Russian troops uh, came to their house and they took my brother's phone oh. uh, and uh, Yeah, so they took uh, his phone, uh, but uh, they asked uh, my mom about phone. Uh, she told, no, 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 I don't have a phone. And uh, they believe her. Okay. They okay. believe that uh, she doesn't have uh, a phone. And I could uh, text him uh, because of uh, this phone. Oh, wow. Uh, so their experience was awful. They were occupied uh, almost one month. And... Uh, They were lucky because really a lot of people were killed in this village uh, and uh, even raped oh. uh, women uh, in this village. And um, Russian troops started to took uh, food from from oh. them. Oh, nice. Uh, because, they, yeah, they didn't have uh, en enough of food and they just uh, took it from uh, our, our home. Oh. So that's story my parents. Sorry, Yulia, before before we go, what was the name of that village? It's a small village, Birvita. It's hard to even find uh, on the map this village. Oh. <laughs> so then after that, uh, you so you were in contact with your with your parents and they told you what was happening and that they were safe. And but you were already back yeah, you yeah. were already back in Kiev? Uh, no, no, uh, we took a train, so my, my brother brought me to Kiev, and, and we took this evacuation train. And it also was very, very hard because it was cold, and we came to the train station, and there uh, was a lot of sirens, uh, because that day was bombing this TV tower in Kiev, and it's very, very close to the train station, this TV tower. And it was really very scary and very cold, And we didn't know our schedule because it was for safety. They didn't uh, tell when will be the next train. Right. Yeah, and we spent almost maybe five hours in this uh, train, train station. And finally, when train came, it was really, it's like, <laughs> it was like apocalyptic. It's like crowded. People started to cry. It, it was very loud. And... Uh, We were lucky because uh, the door uh, was open uh, just in front of us, and we were lucky. And uh, and so you got. We, so, so you're saying that was that it was so crowded that they, you you just happened to be at, at a spot where the train door opened and you were able to get on. There were others that couldn't. Uh, it was big crowd. People started to fight. People started to oh. cry. It was a lot of old women, young women young girls and kids, a lot of kids. People were with cats, with, with dogs. And um, the door it, the door was one and uh, there were a lot of people. And everybody, uh, we, we, we just came to this train uh, and we started to cry with Sasha. Sure. Uh, we hugged each other and cried. And everyone who just uh, came inside also cried also cried sure. and uh, so we spent eight hours uh, at this train and it was very hard uh, eight hours because people were everywhere everywhere so there weren't um, no one bathroom no food no water and um, uh, when we started to move when a train started to move 
driver driver asked uh, us to switch off switch off all phones and right. switch off uh, lights. Right. Light because um, we are afraid. We were right. very afraid because the train could be bombing sure. anytime. Sure. Yeah. So that uh, I have to say that this one week uh, I lost uh, five kilos. But also Sasha lost a lot of sure. a lot of weight. Sure. And um, and when I came back to Kiev for this couple hours. I went to the supermarket and it was completely empty, completely empty. No, no food. So I didn't. Wow. So and I told Sasha, okay, Sasha, we don't have food. Uh, we have water, but we don't have a bathroom, so no food, uh, no no water, and uh, we just we just waited. How long? So, and, um, how long? Sorry, how long was the was the train ride? It was eight hours. We spent eight hours in the train. No food, no train. water. Oh my. No, no, no. But before also, we didn't have any food and any water because we spent five hours on this uh, on train, train station. station. Oh, my. Yes, on the train station and after that. So it was, uh, was a really hard, hard time. And uh, after that, we came to Poland through the border. And I, I remember also when we crossed the border, it was just a field, huge field. And Sasha asked Mama, of what they will do, what will be the, our the next step. Because we don't have anyone, anybody in Poland. And uh, I really, I was very scary, but I told Sasha, I don't know. I don't know what will be the next step. So so, so when you were, when you crossed a, po- a border in Poland, were you just let off the train in the middle of nowhere or you were still still on the train and and just going through a field? Yeah, we, we came to uh, Lviv and we spent one uh, night uh, in Lviv. Uh-huh. After that, we, we spent uh, one night in Lviv because uh, our friends started to help us. So they provided to us a uh, uh, hotel room oh. and we spent one one night there. And after that, our good friends brought us to the car and we crossed the border by foot, just by foot. By foot. Wow. Yeah. So, so- and uh, yeah, it was a little the field, but uh, I'm very, very, very grateful to the Poland, the Polish people. They are amazing. Uh, so when you got across the border and you were in this field, what what happened? Like, how did you how did you get to civilization again and, and connect with people? Uh, I was a little, a little bit uh, disoriented, but after that, I saw a tent, a tent in this field. Oh. And we uh, came to the tent and we met a lot of volunteers. And they fed us. Oh, oh. I started to cry. Sorry, really. Yeah. They, they fed us and they gave us to us uh, all the necessary uh, products, the necessary things. Okay. Yeah. And um, I thought, okay, you can wait and uh, we have uh, a buses which can bring you to some train station. Mm-hmm. But um, after that, I that one bus, a little small bus, just came and just brought food, just uh, food. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ran and asked, oh, please, uh, could you ride me and my son to the train station? And uh, the driver said, oh, yes, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So we took this uh, bus and uh, came to the nearest train station. And after we came to Krakow, and uh, a lot, a lot of people who helped these volunteers were at this train station. 
and they met us and they helped us mm. and uh, it was it was it was amazing really mm. uh, and uh, after that our friends started to help us so they booked um, a hotel room uh, in Krakow after that uh, we spent night in Krakow after that our friends invited us to spend a couple nights in Austria so uh, thanks Poland uh, it was uh, it was uh, no money <laughs> it was yeah. uh, no money uh, and so all trains uh, were for free for Ukrainians oh. and we took a train and we came to Austria and spent four nights in uh, with our friends in Vienna mm-hmm. after that we came to Warsaw after also friends helped us mm-hmm. with accommodations also we came to France and spent time there because we, we had uh, free accommodations there mm-hmm. and uh, we applied for a visa for Sasha, and he got a visa, and we came to the U.S. Wow, what a har- harrowing, harrowing experience. I'm speaking with Yulia Stelmach, a Ukrainian refugee from Kiev, currently in Washington, D.C. We met Yulia through the organization Tutoring Without Borders, which is helping her teenage son continue his studies and is helping Yulia herself to find some stability amidst the upheaval this unprovoked war has caused her and her son and that of countless other innocent Ukrainian citizens and school-aged children. After a short musical interlude and station break, Yulia will tell us how she has personally been affected and how she is coping. So stay with us.
This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver. We return now to our conversation with Yulia Stelmach, who escaped war-torn Ukraine and, with her teenage son, is currently taking refuge in Washington, D.C. Yulia, uh, do you mind telling me, what, what was your life like in Ukraine before, before the war? I mean, you, had, uh, you mentioned that you were with the National Bank of Ukraine and then with, with a, another, a, another bank after that? Yes. Um, I, uh, for five years, I have been working in the National Bank of Ukraine. After that, I started to be an external consultant to the National Bank of Ukraine. I see. And I worked for the EBRD. Yes, EBRD. Also, I'm an artist. And I, I'm painting, oh. and I um, prepared um, a, a personal exhibition in April in Kiev. So I painted a lot, and um, I also booked uh, some gallery and uh, prepared for the personal exhibition. But all my artwork oh. I left in Kiev. Yes. Yeah. I left in Kiev. So, so you were living in um, in an apartment block near the uh, Borisville Airport. No, no, no. It's like uh, it's like the end of Kiev. It's oh, okay. like end of Kiev. Uh, it's like um, border of <laughs> of a city. Yes, okay. of a city. But it's still Kiev. It's like uh, Darnitsa district. Okay. Who knows? It's like Dar- Rayon. So it's like uh, close to to the uh, fifteen kilometers. Uh, you can reach uh, the airport. Yeah, I remember the airport's quite a ways out of t- out of the city. Yeah, it's a beautiful drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Yes, it's through the forest. Yeah, it was really beautiful drive. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you had um, a nice a nice apartment. You had a, a vehicle. You had. A, 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 tell me a little bit about your work that you did. Are you okay? Do you mind? Are you comfortable telling me that a little bit about what? You know what your your daily life was like, what your work was like. Yeah, I worked uh, in the project. Um, it was a very nice, interesting project. Uh, it is also now. It is continuous. So uh, a lot of European organizations, um, such as IBRD, supported financial reforms in Ukraine. And uh, I worked uh, in this uh, in one of these uh, financial reform projects, uh, research lending. So it, when the war started, uh, they let me uh, work remotely, oh. and uh, the idea still supports uh, supported us. And they don't close the project. They believe that war finished soon, and uh, Ukraine can again pay more attention to financial reforms. So right, so right now you, you're working still from the United States. Yes, I'm oh, still. Good. Yeah, I'm still working. But um, my contract finished, uh, but I hope uh, they promise to continue, uh, renew it, yes, renew it. Yeah, wow. I can't imagine how difficult it must, you must be still quite disoriented uh, living in the States, continuing your work with all this this disruption um, and and all the, the threats that it could just, who knows your your headquarters where yeah, but, could be bombed. yeah, but uh, a lot of people uh, ask me, oh, you are you are uh, smiling, but um, well, nobody knows what is inside. Well, yeah, it's yeah. inside. It's attention. Yeah, attention. Just yeah. In, in the news, how uh, how my parents, how my relatives doing, and uh, um, I remember. Oh, I, I forgot to tell you that uh, 
my parents were occupied and uh, I wanted to save them. I wanted to save them. And I remember uh, when I was sitting in uh, the, this um, Charles de Gaulle airport and um, I called to the Red Cross mm-hmm. and I asked about the uh, humanitarian corridor. Uh, and uh, they, it, it, maybe more than one week, I called every day uh, the Red Cross, mm-hmm. uh, other organizations, our government. I called and I asked about the humanitarian corridor for them because this village where my parents stayed, uh, it's a very small village. And really Russian troops felt safe there because it was very far from the city and it was forests around uh, this village. Mm-hmm. So they were, uh, they felt very safe. And um, so I the- asked uh, Red Cross, but uh, for the beginning they told me, oh, we can't because uh, this is a small village. I told them, oh, a lot of, it's, uh, more than 100 people, old people, ill people. Uh, you need to save them. You need to save them. Mm-hmm. And, um, Red Cross, they organized this humanitarian corridor mm-hmm. and uh, my parents could leave uh, the village. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom, when uh, she saw uh, a milk, a bread in Kiev, uh, she was uh, crying mm-hmm. a lot because uh, really for one month she didn't see any, any, uh, any bread, mm-hmm. any milk or uh, any meat or something like that. So they ate something, a little bit porridge. And that's all, maybe potatoes, and uh, and that's all. So I'm very appreciative to Red Cross and to government of Ukraine that they uh, did pay attention for to this small village and save even this 100 people. Yeah. people. So yeah. every person is um, very important for Ukrainian government. Well, sh- yeah, sure. So your parents are okay? Yeah, they're uh, in Kiev. They're in Kiev right now? But, uh, yeah, 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 they're in Kiev, but uh, it's not safe. No one's safe place in Ukraine now. Right, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's ramping up. So, are you, you're in the States right now, you're, um, you're hoping to go back? I mean, everyone's praying this war ends, like, <laughs> everyone not affected by it is praying with you that, that, it's, that it's over soon. Yes, of course. Uh, we just we just want to live our life. That's all, yeah, yeah. and um, that's uh, that's very hard. Really, very hard. We hope that it will finish soon. And uh, my uh, cousin, she is now in uh, in the UK, and she told me that uh, she doesn't know English at all. And she told me, "Oh, it's hard to study English because I know that I'm like a tourist here, so I mm. wanna back." I want to back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very funny that she yeah. told me. No, I, I don't want to um, stay here. I just it's just temporary. It's just temporary. Mm-hmm. A lot of people feel the same way. Yeah, and of course you don't know what you're going to go back home to. It's not going to be the same as the twenty. That was oh. on the twenty third of February. Yeah, a lot of rebuilding to do yeah. ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just just in Kiev, uh, I, I thought maybe 140 school was destroyed just oh. in Kiev school, and uh, about 900 uh, buildings were destroyed also. 900. Uh, yeah, and it, it's um, people are very it's like they are in shock. 
I would imagine, like people. Yeah, they're in shock. They're in, it's like um, depression. They're depression. Sure. Yeah. A lot of people are depression, so yeah. they they can't uh, run. They it's hard to stay, and uh, a lot of people don't have choices. Right. So it's 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 a hard situation. Really hard situation. Yeah. How are you and Sasha? Um, you're in in Washington uh, D.C. right now. Yeah, yeah. Yes. How are you coping? Well, we are doing good, uh, and uh, Sasha's um, you know, studies a lot because uh, he uh, um, he has teacher from this tutoring without border uh, website. We are very appreciative to Professor Wachtman. Uh, now he is here studying C plus plus programming because uh, in in Ukraine he was going to uh, to enter to the university to be a computer science yeah. scientist. Yeah. And now he's studying English, uh, he studies uh, C++ programming, and he wants to have some practice, uh, maybe, he told you, maybe to, to find some job, maybe some, like, junior developer. Mm-hmm. Maybe some company can give him and just to let him to have some practice. And, of course, we are looking for some community college or some university here, Maybe to to enter for Sasha because he, 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 it's really hard when he, Sasha couldn't uh, finish the, the school in Ukraine, couldn't finish, couldn't. Uh, it's like he, his life also changed extremely. Sure, yeah. And also, I tried to. Uh, I bought everything for painting and started to paint here. Are you and, uh, good? Even to have a commission, yeah. Already, I have a commission work. We are just try to start new life, but as as, as it possible because uh, I uh, keep in touch with my friends, with my relatives, and uh, uh, when some place is uh, bombing, I always call them. Are you okay? Are you safe? Are you safe? Yeah. And really, it's it's not no. it's not easy. Well, you're living in constant stress. I mean, you're you're you are suffering um, PTSD. No question about that, as, yeah. as is everyone else that's, that's been affected by this. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have person, I don't have family. I have, you know, friends that I've met over the years uh, on my trips there and in with my work and everything. And, and uh, I, I, I'm depressed myself and always worrying. And, you know, I'm not hearing from a lot of them and I'm just, you know, praying for the, for the best. And I can't imagine, it, you know, that is your home. That is, you know, mm-hmm. I can't imagine what, how, uh, how you do, you, you know, it's, it's remarkable that you're painting again, you're continuing your work, Sasha is, is continuing school. I mean, what, um, what, in, what, what incredible courage to just continue living despite what's, what's going on. So um, it's, it's amazing. So what you're, you're painting now and you're doing, uh, you're doing your artwork again. What, what kind of um, painting do you do? Uh, I do uh, an oil paint, painting. Oil? Uh, mm-hmm. Oil, yes. It's oil on canvas. Okay. And do you do, um, do you portraits or landscapes or what do you do? Uh, it's like impressionism, like landscapes. Um, so you, you you can find me at uh, Fine Art America. I'm uh, Julia Stelm um, uh, Art. And I have a page uh, here, and uh, before war, I um, sold a lot of work uh, here in the U.S. Because in the U.S., people almost live uh, in 
in houses and houses of course they, they like to uh, to put uh, paintings uh, yeah. on the wall yeah. so I, I sold a lot of my work here and uh, so just yeah just to try to live and uh, wait when when this horrible war situation finish. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. That's um, amazing that, that you're continuing to do your art and that must be a, a, for you a creative outlet to kind of calm, calm your soul a little bit and lose, you lose yourself and can you forget about the war a little bit while you're painting? Um, no. 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 I can't forget about war for any no one Second, no, mm. I, I can't. Yes, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm smiling. Yes, I'm. I'm smiling when I speak with people. But, uh, but um, what is inside? Inside, it's like big, big um, hole. Yes, sure. and uh, big, uh, big pain. Yeah, yeah. Big pain. Yeah. Big, big wound. Big wound. Because yeah. uh, really, we we are afraid. Here with Sasha, so it's like a loud noise. We, we are just oh really. People in Ukraine have a trauma. It's trauma, and yeah, I think yeah. many years, many years, and maybe this generation, couple generations, you know, yeah. remember this pain, this yeah. this world. Yeah, Yulia, thank you so much for for sharing this, for opening your heart like this, and and for sharing your pain. Um, we need to hear this. We need to understand. It could happen here too, for all we know. Um, you were completely shocked when it happened on the 24th of February. Who knows what can happen, right? So, yes, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And people don't believe it. They, you know, they're saying, oh, that's not happening, or, you know, I don't see it on TV, so it's not real, whatever. And, um, I mean, I, I have I have really no words to even even describe my reaction to your story. So thank you. It's um it, it's it's an honor and a privilege to to hear your story to to be able to share it as well with listeners. And I wish you all the best. You know, prayers and and thoughts going with you as um, as much as as we can. You know, we're with you and praying for the end of the war as well. So. Thank, thank you again for your time, and all the best to you and to Sasha. And um, are you doing any work with Tutoring Without Borders at all? Are you working with Dr. Waxman? Uh, yes, I try to help them. Uh, I, uh, I I did a lot of translation into Russian to in, uh, to Ukrainian. Oh, good. Because Professor Waxman, she's Russian, uh, he's Russian speaking, and uh, all people. It's amazing that this in this project. Uh, Professor Waxman is uh, Russian, uh, Jewish, yes, he yeah. came uh, from the, from Russia, yeah. and uh, Vitaly is Russian, and yeah. Artyom is uh, Russian who lives now in uh, Moscow, so it's amazing, it's amazing that uh, Russian people help us, so it's yeah. like uh, just one crazy person, one crazy person yeah. uh, did it, but yeah, a lot of people also watching TV and uh, just... Yeah. Well, instead of, repeat more from yeah. the TV, but uh, yeah. there are a lot of nice people who help uh, Ukrainians too, and I'm I'm very appreciative of that people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thank you again, Yulia, for, for sharing all this and all the best to you and to Sasha, you in, in your artwork and your continuing work with financial reform for Ukraine, for Sasha and his, um, his studies in computer programming. And, uh, you know, we're praying with you for an end to this war very, very soon and for you to be able to go back home and rebuild your life. Yeah, thank you, Paulina, for this great opportunity uh, to share my story with uh, people. I'm sorry for my English because it's hard to speak in Ukrainian about Wait. this topic. In English, uh, especially uh, hard. Yes, especially hard. Right. And I also uh, want to thank uh, Professor Waxman for this great opportunity for Tutoring Without Borders, this project for, for kids. And uh, thank you very much, uh, and uh, thank you for your support, because uh, this interview is also support. And um, please, if you, and I told, uh, I, I told people, so, um, if you want to help uh, Ukraine, mm-hmm. and you don't have a lot of um, possibilities, choose just one Ukrainian, just one Ukrainian, choose and help him or, or her, and it will be great. So it will be a great uh, help to whole Ukraine. For example, when we came here in the U.S., our friends just bring us with Sasha to the supermarket, to the shop, mm-hmm. and they bought uh, to us all uh, summer clothes because we didn't have any summer clothes. So we right. had just one pants, one uh, jacket, and that's all. And they just, they didn't ask anything. They, they just brought us to the shop and bought us all necessary clothes and now I'm wearing these clothes and I'm, I'm very appreciate them and I will remember this kind um, this this kind so uh, please uh, help every person can help something small but uh, you can help and uh, this war and this kind will be more than some bad things uh, the, yeah, the the kindness uh, the kindness will help soon. Yeah, that, that arrow yeah. kindness will be more than arrow, and this war will finish soon. Yeah, that is good advice because so many people, Yulia, ask, "What can I do?" and you feel helpless. But uh, now w- refugees are coming to North America. We can connect with organizations that are um, are, are are processing people, are welcoming people, and uh, yeah, just find you know one one person, one family, and. Uh, you know, help a little bit, befriend that person. A little bit, yeah. 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 What a great idea. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you so much, um, Yuli, again, for your time, for for opening yourself up, for, um, for, sh- for sharing. And again, all the best to you. And, and we hope, I hope to be able to talk to you again when the war is over, when you're back home and, and to find out, you know, how, how you've rebuilt and uh, we'll talk about a bright future at that time. Okay, let's do it. Okay, well, let's stay in touch. Okay. Thank okay. you, Paulina. Alrighty. Thank you for this uh, interesting experience for me. And uh, let's keep in touch. Okay, all right. Thank you again. Okay, okay. yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. If you are an art lover and would like to support Yulia, you can find her work at fineartamerica.com and just do a search for Yulia Stelm. Y-U-L-I-I-A-S-T-E-L-M. There will be a link in the podcast show notes. Also, if you're interested in helping a Ukrainian student or pupil to continue their studies, 
or know of someone who needs help, visit tutoringwithoutborders.org. A group of American professors is running an online platform providing free tutoring help to Ukrainian pupils and students in any subject from math, informatics and sciences to history, language and music. Hundreds of pupils and students from elementary school through the university level are already learning in Ukrainian, Russian or English. You can see details and sign up to tutor or to learn at tutoringwithoutborders.org. Weekend passes for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival are available for only $150. Kids 12 and under get in free. Don't miss the very best in Ukrainian culture, food, music, and dancing over three incredible days, July 29th to 31st, at the festival site near Dauphin, Manitoba. Your one-pay gate gives you access to all the on-site attractions on four feature stages, including the amazing grandstand variety shows and evening dance parties. Order your weekend passes and camping passes by phone at 204-622-4600 or online at cnuf.ca.
Driftway Walls by the By Request Band from Sarto, Manitoba from their album Ukrainian Boys Gone Wild and the By Request Band will be one of the featured Zabava bands at Canada's National Ukrainian Festival taking place in Dauphin this August long weekend. And our proverb of the week translates as he who upbraids someone is not always right. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. Just a reminder to tune in to the Nanaimo edition of Nash Holos, which can be heard in the Vancouver listening area on CHLY 101.7 FM Wednesdays from 11 a.m. till 1 p.m. with host Oksana Pobereznik. If you miss our on-air or live stream broadcast, you'll find the podcast links at our website, www.nashholos.com. And do check the show notes of the podcast for any of the links mentioned in the program. Well, our time is about up, so to wrap things up, we'll have the high-profile band, another feature band that will be at Canada's National Ukrainian Festival the August long weekend, and they'll take us home with the out-of-control Kalameka. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich!
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.